0: Hi, Chris Ballatin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And today, I have a world changer here, Denise Gitsum. How did I do on that last name?
1: Great. I'm so impressed. We're talking about today,
0: overcoming (laughs) the fear and distaste of politics. Yes. And you are a politician.
1: Uh, Oh you're kind of a politician. I'm gonna say I'm gonna
0: give them your your lowdown. You work at the highest levels of government. You've worked with federal government, the White House, I'm reading it right here, the US Senate, law firms, you're also an attorney and you're a political commentator. Yeah. And recently you wrote a book. Called politics for people who hate politics. That's for you. That's why we have her on here, and uh, we're really excited. Actually, I've known you for a long time, and, and all seriousness, really excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on. I'm honored. You are honored, and so am I. Okay. Well, before we talk about politics, let's talk a little bit about you. Okay. So, share with people how you originally met the Lord so they know that you are an attorney and you're also a Christian.
1: Yeah, yes, I'm definitely a Christian more than I am an attorney. Um, I met the Lord in high school. Um, My least favorite teacher, the one that everyone made fun of, um, was this quiet kind of dorky guy. And I went up to him one day because I was really bad at science. I'm Chinese, but I'm a bad Asian because I hated science and math. And so I went up to him in between classes and I said, you know, I don't like this grade. My mom's gonna kill me if I don't get into Harvard because I'm Chinese. And um and I said I need to figure out how to fix this grade and he looked at me and in a minute he assessed spiritually what was going on with me and he said why is your identity completely wrapped around this grade and oh, your achievement yeah. and I was like what kind of question is this I'm Chinese we don't ask these questions <laughs> Exactly. And in 5 minutes between classes with kids coming in and out of a public high school classroom Mr. Doug Hambright my 10th grade I don't even know what class, some kind of science class teacher led me to the Lord and I was just in tears. Well, yeah.
0: did your life radically change after that?
1: Radically. I mean, I'd always been fun, but I think (laughs) that um, there was a joy that came by because um, being raised as a daughter of immigrants, there were a lot of pressures that were put on me um, that I had to really navigate as a child. Like everything was conditional. If you were good, you were loved. And my my parents loved me regardless, but there was just a lot of pressure for me to perform. And when the Lord and I started partnering in things, it was less about me and it was all about him. And wow. that was just a release in my heart.
0: Well, yeah, I think that um, there are a lot of, well, sometimes when immigrants come here, too, some of the immigrants that come here, they've had to work so hard just to get here. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. So they have a high appreciation for for high achievement, probably right. because that's how they even got here.
1: Well, and that's that's really why I'm so passionate about, specifically in the policy world, immigration, because my dad had to join the U.S. Air Force to become an American citizen for the privilege of becoming an American wow. citizen. My mom came from Taiwan. She escaped from communist China. My grandfather was a two-star general with Chiang Kai-shek oh, and he goodness. came to America to become an American citizen at the age of 80. So he had to learn, imagine having to learn he a was new 80 language when yes, he came here? and took the citizenship uh, test.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. Right.
1: Most of us couldn't answer the citizenship <laughs> test. I definitely, definitely
0: know that I could not
1: yeah. answer the citizenship test. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about issues like immigration because of, I understand how important having a strong immigration set of laws is to the security of our country, but also to the fairness, the just, of how we allow people to come in and appreciate what a privilege it is to be American. Wow.
0: Well, there's an anti-American sentiment right now. We saw yes, it with some yeah. of our, even our uh, Olympians, right?
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: And it's sad, because I, I didn't grow up like that.
1: Either, Me neither. You know? And, so and I'm a lot younger than you.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that okay, right okay, now. Moving on. We're moving. Yeah. We're joining the, the generations <laughs> yes, at this yeah, point. Sure. People have a very low trust of government right now. Yeah. And I, I would say in, in when I was a young man, you know, uh, obviously born, you know, when I like I watched Kennedy when I was eight years old. I watched him be shot on, on TV. So that's that so sad. kind of tragic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tragic. Right. Uh, but people basically trust government in those days. Right. I'm not saying everyone did. But then we had Nixon and then we, we began to have, you know, right. different kind of crisis. And yeah. little by little, we, you know, we began to like, I, I don't think it happened overnight, but we ha- began to have a distrust for government. And then, you know, obviously, religious right. leaders also, we had, you know, we had Jimmy Swagger and Jimmy Baker, right. all that was kind of happening, relatively same time, definitely in the same era, right? So people were having really a basic distrust for leaders that sure. they had trusted before. Right. And, and now we're, I'd say we're at we're at a climax of this, like people just don't trust government.
1: Right. They don't
0: trust government. I don't just mean government officials, they don't trust the FBI, they don't trust the CIA, right. which those were all very trusted. I'm not saying they were trustworthy, but they were very trusted. And they were revered. Revered, yeah. yeah scared of, you. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, how, <laughs> I guess the, the way we put this question is how would you encourage the person who feels that they've lost trust with government structures in the U.S.? Like, how would yeah. you encourage, like, what would you say about that?
1: I wouldn't encourage them to trust the government. Okay. I think, in fact, that's one of the reasons they don't trust the government is because they put so much hope in people. With scripture, you know, one of the things I did when I was writing my book is I had to learn a lot about scripture. You think you know so much and then you have to write about it and teach it and you realize you know nothing, right? Yeah. I had a I didn't know what Scripture was saying specifically about this issue, and as I leaned in, I realized that God uses all sorts of characters to lead our country and to lead our cities, and to you know exactly we we don't really understand the big picture, but he's always doing it for our good. I mean, yes. you can see it throughout the history of the Israelites. There were things that happened when they were in exile. Who would have ever thought they would have prospered? When Jeremiah 29 was written, the thing that we all quote, they people don't realize that they were in exile. They had been- 70 years. Yeah, so it's it's like, oh, wow, the Lord was still prospering them and blessing them even as they were under horrible leadership, Yeah, right? And so- I do think that um, Jesus is so clear on, I always call it cutting the carbs. Jesus warned us about that political spirit, which you've yes. talked about and taught about. Yes. I actually had to get permission from you to write about some of it because a lot of what I learned about the political spirit, I wasn't even aware of until you taught it. Yeah. And um, the religious spirit. And now when you have a confluence of those two spirits and they come together and then there's 24-7 news networks and a platform for any cuckoo person who wants one.
0: Any cuckoo person. You
1: have, even us, you that's, have it. We're, a little <laughs> cuckoo, but
0: we're not like way cuckoo.
1: I mean, that's to be debated. Yeah, it's true. Um, but you have really like the p- most potential for things to go wrong. Yeah. And the more politicized, the, the reason I wrote this book, Politics yeah. for People Who Hate Politics, the second half of that title is how to engage without losing your friends or selling your soul. It wasn't a feel-good kumbaya story, which I think is going to be why it sells well, because people are going to think yeah. it's like a lovey, to have sort of like lovey. Great. Get it. Yeah. You'll learn something. Um, but it is about <clears throat> being more adhered to Principles, kingdom principles, than partisan politics. Because what's happened with the tribalism that's come up, even some of the nationalism that's come up. I'm not saying that that any of this in and of itself isn't natural. It isn't in our human nature to go and yeah. you know divide ourselves from people we don't agree with yeah. or go against institutions that we're against. Yeah, of course. This is normal. And a lot of times, what I hear it being justified as in the church is we're doing this in the name of righteousness mm-hmm. and truth, which I fully am for. The problem is if you're doing all of these things, but you don't have the character that God wants you to do it in, yeah. it's sort of null and void. When Jesus says, or well, not Jesus, but Paul in first Corinthians, you know, this is what love is like, you know, yeah. love is patient, love is kind. He was saying those things because those things don't come naturally to us. Yeah. And when we're told to speak the truth in love, if the truth, truth was love, then he wouldn't have to say, speak it in love. Yeah, you can
0: speak the truth and not be loving. Right. You can be loving and not speak the truth. Exactly. But the goal is to speak the truth and not in the center of love and having love in the center of and love motivation.
1: Has, exactly. And people, there's a, there's a reason he talks about then what love is, mm-hmm. right? Because we just always want to say, well, if it's truthful, then it is loving, suck it, deal with it, yeah. right? Like suck it up, buttercup. And I just think that to me, that is very unloving. It's the opposite of what Jesus called us to do, which is to deny our flesh. Yes. It's actually feeding this part of us that Jesus warned us against, which is that political spirit that is so corrosive and divisive. And so one of my points in the book is, I didn't intend for this to be, when I was writing this, the Lord told me not to read anything that other people wrote about politics. It was too late because I'd really listened to a lot of your sermons. Oof. So I couldn't wipe but you out of my that, mind. that's heavy
0: revelation there. That doesn't really count.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. coming yeah. straight
0: from the exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Hour. No, I got that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I thought I'd keep it in for that yeah. reason. Yeah, just, yeah, you should. But um, as I was, as I was <laughs> doing it, he said, I want you to put blinders on because I want you to only write what I tell you to write. And so, um, as I was writing it, he was just taking it on this journey, this book. I had a whole different plan for it that I proposed, and it turned into something in the last edit. You know, they have like 30,000 yeah, edits yeah, with I your know. publishers. We have the same publisher. Absolutely. It's like,
0: <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, again. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it turned out that my first chapter and my last chapter were both about unity, but not unity for a country per se, but unity in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Because so often, you know, Francis Chan taught me so much about his book, in his book, Until Unity, and just in a conversation with him, I am so overwhelmed with this belief that we have tossed aside unity. And this is something so important to Jesus that he talks about it in multiple verses. Because we're trying to justify being separate from the world. But God called us to be in the world, just not of it. We are called to proactively engage we are in this world yes. for a reason, and it's to change things and to shift atmospheres. And so when we're saying, you know what, we got to stay holy, yeah. it kind of reminds me of what you say about the Jesus people yeah. movement. You're of no earthly use. Just go to heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. Stay
1: out. Go. Leave. Go on an island. At least enjoy your life. Exactly. Yeah, get a tan.
0: <laughs> I, I did that pretty well. I'm
1: not here for that reason. That's Christians are called to be fully engaged we, may, we our destiny is certain, but how we live our life on this earth is determined Holy. with what we do that God gives us, yeah. and whether we're good stewards or not of what He's given us.
0: I don't. I don't want to leave the subject of unity. Yeah, because the challenge is how do I, for example, Bethel is a very diverse yeah. movement, and I think people don't really understand that. Like yeah. we we don't just have Democrats and Republicans, we have people from eighty nations in our local That's congregation, and, and and more than that in our in entire movement, right? right. So we, we have people coming out of parliamentary where there would be eight parties. There'd be 10 oh, parties. Yeah. There'd be 13 parties. Yeah, We have people coming out of China for communist parties. We have people coming out Praise of socialist con- countries, <laughs> yeah. right? Venezuela and all these people are coming to, to Bethel, many of them coming to school. Mm-hmm. So And they would view, obviously, you tend to view your core, through your core values, part of it is the way, way you experience life. Right. So, um, so I say that to say we would approach many passionate subjects differently. Right. The subject of, um, life in in the womb, Mm -hmm. you know, pro-life, uh, pro abortion pro choice however you want to say that mm-hmm. and the the uh, the homosexual and moral issues right we would approach those very differently right and and so how like I actually want to know this for myself because this is this has been a lifelong journey at Bethel mm-hmm. I have strong convictions, especially in moral areas. I started Moral Revolution, so you right. know that. So I, I have strong convictions, especially in those areas. Right. That are in my mind, they're not political issues. They're they're Scriptural. family scripture yeah. issues, right? How do we disagree mm-hmm. and still walk together? That's kind of the right. climax of my. Well, question. I have
1: a. I have a saying um, I try to adhere to. I have to remind myself to adhere to often, especially when I'm on TV and I'm arguing with somebody and I want to win, I want to slam dunk on their head. <laughs> you know, I like to win, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but Jesus tells us that love is more important. And so um, what I would say is that we have have to be uncompromising about the conviction the Holy Spirit has given us about an issue. And the harder that uncompromising sort of truth is, the more love we need. The more we have to be careful that we're operating in humility, that we're seeking the Lord, not just on the issue, because there are so many dimensions of an issue that we cannot understand because it's not our experience, right? Yeah. Um, you believe something because you your family went through it. Maybe you understand poverty like I don't, right? Maybe yeah. maybe you don't understand immigration like I do yeah. because of our backgrounds. Yeah, that doesn't make you wrong and me right. And I think that when Christians come, and again, this goes back to that religious spirit and the the political spirit. If you think about why we have all these denominations yeah. and how we're certain that everyone else is going to hell but us, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I was Baptist. I'm, you know, <laughs> Well, at
0: least you're going.
1: Yeah, at least I'm going. You're, Sorry, you're y'all.
0: Your salvation was- Guaranteed. Right, I
1: learned that when I was a kid, yes. but um, I, I just see that when we are so, so convinced of our own righteousness, mm-hmm. it is self-righteousness at the end of the day, yeah. because I'm not saying that we should be questioning scripture. That is certainly yeah. not the case, but I am saying we should be questioning really ourselves and asking God, is there something about this situation that I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. that I need to understand so that I can have a more complete understanding of the issue and empathy for the person I'm disagreeing with. And maybe I will come to a higher level of understanding as well. Mm -hmm. Help me. And then the, the purpose is not to win. Unlike with me, I'm a lawyer. So like I like to win all the time. I get great pleasure out of slam dunking.
0: But how do you define winning?
1: Well, defining winning is, How So that's a great question because that's really where I'm going is we have to redefine what a win is and it means that we're honoring the other person even as we disagree and perhaps the humility that we get from being taught Mm -hmm. something new is a higher revelation for us as well. There's not, it's not black and white. Mm -mm. People love to position things as black and white when they think that they're white and everyone else is black, (laughs) right? That's what they love. This is an age old thing that Satan sort of put in our hearts. We love to be right and we love to be prideful. I'm aware of that sin in my life. Yeah. I'm aware of it all the time, and when I'm not, I tell you, people who watch me on TV, my friends can sense the spirit shifting, and they'll call me and say, we need to pray for you. Do a little deliverance, <laughs> exactly. and I'm like, yes, you do, and I get on my knees and I ask the Lord to help me do better next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think, too, the only, we only have as much influence in people's lives if they have value for us.
1: right? That's
0: so right. the challenge is, is if we, if the person we disagree with, we devalue, right? what we also ha- don't realize that just happened is we took away our ability to influence them.
1: Absolutely. So
0: if in fact they are wrong or mm-hmm. they are partly wrong, right. they're, they're, they're not going to hear from the person no. who thinks they're wrong right? because the person who thinks they're wrong has decided that their value is determined by what they believe. Right. To be true, right?
1: Becomes you are bad, not your thinking is off. Yeah. Right? It becomes a, a judgment on the person mm-hmm. instead of a difference in opinion. Exactly. And that is really what Satan loves to do. And then yeah. he loves to use shame to even there. And then you feel so much more self-righteous because if you're just wrong, then I'm, I'm better than you. Yes. And think of just what that does to you. It puffs you up. And then you wonder why everyone looks at the parties and thinks, what a disaster. Why can't you guys get anything done, right? Exactly. It's because we have made it so personal. Even in the body of Christ, we're treating politics like a blood sport. Yep. Whoa. And this is, this is not how we were ever meant to do it. And, yeah. you know, you say it was better back in the day. Everyone can look back. It wasn't. Look mm-hmm. at the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> everyone loves to look back and say, gosh, you know, I, I do it all the time. It's under Bush. It was so much better. I, was it though? I mean, our characteristics weren't on full display because we didn't have social media control. It was control, a little different though. You know, it was different, but yeah. it's cyclical.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I would say that's true. I, I would say you're right. Social media has, oh, yeah. you know, has supersized it.
1: And 24 seven cable news.
0: 24 seven cable news and communication in general. Right. And people's ability to travel has right. improved and increased. Right. So we, we have more, we have more opinions. Right. In the mix. Right.
1: Right. But those so, are just like tofu though. Like, yeah. This is my favorite Chinese analogy. Okay, here we go. Money, power, tofu takes on the flavor of whatever it's immersed in, right? So if you have more ability to get what you believe out, whatever that, that medium is, whether it's social media or a cable news network, it takes on the flavor of the people who it's in the hands of. Yeah. So if we were actually as Christians saying, we're going to use Twitter to go be a force for good and love- instead of division and adding to the political division, right? In our country, yes. we could transform all of these things and see them as the biggest blessings in the world.
0: Yeah. I think, I think social media, it's like anything, social media is a blessing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it, so.
0: It, I mean, it, the gospel spreads quicker today than it's ever spread in the history of the world. I didn't know that. Easier and quicker. Makes sense. And you know, there are whole, like there are whole movements. Like you think about what's happening in, um, in, um, Pakistan in Iran in Iraq yeah. these are places where the gospel has a very difficult time oh, getting in but with social media with with you know all of the different social media platforms you know suddenly the governments of course are trying to filter them out right. but people always figure out a way to hack around them yeah. and so truth is is more prevalent today right than than it's ever been in the history of the world now so is okay. pornography so mm-hmm. is all the things right. we're talking about evil um, so, government and government leaders uh, is there's a biblical present. How does biblical values for government impact and influence the current state
1: of government? Depends on which ones you're talking about, right? Okay. If we're talking about the issue of um, how the character of Christ is showing up in our government today, <laughs> there are a couple great shining examples. One of my dear friends is Senator Tim Scott, who's running for president, and. When I look at sort of the people that I know personally, he and a few of my other friends on on Capitol Hill, and I'm sure lots of people I don't know on Capitol Hill have characters that you look at and you say, there's something different about you, and I may not understand all of it. As his friend, I do understand it because it's rooted in his faith in Christ and it permeates everything he does, right? So there are people that are shining examples, but the fact that they're the exception and not the rule is pretty much proof positive that A lot of these people are believers that serve in our government and it takes, I have such mad respect. I really hate this notion of Washington DC that people have clung to about it being a swamp. These people give up so much to come to a really hard to live in town full of mean people who drive like maniacs on a, on a swamp. Literally, it technically is a swamp. It's disgusting there. And, um, they and give up their homes.
0: And toughest job world. Oh my the world.
1: gosh. And and they don't get paid very much to do it. No. Like I mean it's I couldn't live on a congressional salary. <laughs> I that out in my twenties. Like it's it's really really hard to do what you do and be in the crosshairs and leave your family at home. They don't get to bring their families on the plane with them yeah. to Washington four days a week as they serve. So I have uh, so much respect yeah. for them. Um, I don't even remember your question. Where did we go but, with it? Uh, but our
0: government. The, how are biblical values for yeah. government impacting and influencing our state governments? State. Well, our government. Our the state of our government.
1: Yeah, the state of our governments. Um, I think that once in a while you see some someone stand up. And when they have sort of like that that sort of magical ability to capture the attention of people, it's like the favor of God. Totally. And they're able to just shift everything ever so slightly. You see that for again, good and evil. You see people who are not good forces for God that are shifting culture in the wrong direction, but ultimately we get the government that we deserve. This is the beauty of being in a representative democracy. Like we're we're living in a democratic republic. And so when we have Whatever we elect rep- mm-hmm. represents the hearts of Americans exactly. right now. So we have nobody to blame but ourselves. If we want to win more than we want to stand for principle, if we think that this is an existential crisis, where having the right person in office is going to determine whether our families thrive or not, we are already completely off because we've put all of our hope in the wrong thing.
0: Exactly. People... Um how would you encourage people who feel overwhelmed like there's so many people feel overwhelmed but i like feel
1: overwhelmed they just how do you help me them. they just exit <laughs> can you help me i'm can trying you to help you right pastor? now what are you talking about
0: but people know, feel overwhelmed better. like yeah. you know they, they see that you know the yeah. right now our, our presidential race which yeah. is you know crazy like on both sides
1: <laughs> right they
0: look at all that 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 yeah. cr- that craziness and i'm not talking about the people themselves i'm talking about the you know, how it's being played out. Right. Yes. And then our, a lot of our local governments are like uh, taking on some of those, those uh, things too. And people are like, they just want to exit. they, of course to they be do. like, I, I don't know who to vote for, you know, <laughs> right. so I just do nothing. Yeah. What would you say to those people?
1: I say to those people, the same thing I say to people who are isolationists in our national, in our foreign policy is in the absence of a benevolent, power that's looking out for the best interests of not only ourselves, but also the world. There are people waiting, there are countries waiting on the sidelines to step in and fill that void that we're willing to leave, America is willing to step out of, right? And those countries are China and Russia. It's the same on a personal level. When you decide as a believer, with all that you've been empowered with, all the spiritual gifts, all the blessing, all the favor, all the discernment and all the wisdom and the love that you bring in, to say, you know what, this is a lot. I kind of just want out. Everyone feels this way at times, trust me, especially the people on Capitol Hill that we've elected to go and represent us. But when you have that situation and you decide to go with your flesh instead of what God has given to you to be a steward of, You're abdicating your responsibility to to be a part of this country that God has placed you in and this community. It doesn't have to be at the federal level. It can be your school board. Totally. But think about the ramifications of somebody else stepping in who cares just as much about the issues but is on the other side of it. Yeah. They're still there. They're not overwhelmed. And yet here we are with the edge. We have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we're overwhelmed. Like we need to do some serious soul checking to say, why do we think it's probably because we're depending on ourselves and not on God to use us in a way that he sees fit to change things.
0: What? Okay. Final question. Yeah. Why'd you get involved? Why? You know, you've got everything going for you. You, you (laughs) you really, you, you are an attorney. You're a beautiful woman. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a hundred other ways you can make a living. Let's be honest. Yeah. And you stepped in the political world, which is, you know, we just talked about how stressful it can be. Yeah. What are you doing there? Why are you there?
1: Every time I try to walk out, because I'm guilty of the things. When I'm preaching about these things, when I'm talking about things, I'm preaching to myself. I'm human, right? Just because I love government doesn't mean I want to be in it 24-7. I would like to have a nice beach vacation without having to deal with any Fox News or CNN or MSNBC as well. Um, I'm involved because my parents are immigrants. And because we come from a different perspective, my parents taught me from a very young age how incredible America is. What a blessing we are. And I don't know how God, how long God's going to have his hand in our country, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to ask him to keep it on. Exactly, That's my responsibility. And so I cannot imagine anything that matters should matter more to us because all you have to do is travel to another country to see that what we have here is so remarkable, (laughs) but it's totally up to us whether we maintain it for the future. And I don't have kids, but I would I would I want it's a generation I feel like I'm part of a gener- generational shift where it can go really one of two ways in America yeah. and I'm so honored to be in the fight even if it takes me out because it's not about me it's about me being a good steward of the blessing it is to be an American
0: I think you know so I, I, I get disappointed with people because if you don't like America I don't know what country you're gonna like I, I mean I'm an American I am I am you know, I, I, I do see this, the challenges with America. Sure. I've traveled most of the world. I've been on yeah. almost every continent. Mm-hmm. And, and I have see the beauty of Europe. I see the beauty of Spain. I've been, you know, to Sweden, right. Switzerland. I mean, I've been to some very beautiful countries. Yeah. and And, and I think these are great places to visit, but I wouldn't yeah. want to live there. Yeah. And, and I hope that they feel the same way. Let me say this. I hope the Swedes hope feel the same way. I hope they love their country. they love their country, right? I hope they're loyal to their
1: country. Right.
0: But I also I also hear the complaints that people have for America and as if there is some utopia in some other place.
1: I think that's common to all people everywhere. It's the the... The reason in scripture it says we're victors and not victims, Yes. right? And I think that when we vote and we allow ourselves to fall prey to a belief system that's anathema to what God tells us about ourselves and yeah. our identity in Christ, then we are going to look for the candidate that can give us the most stuff, right? Exactly. We're going to say, gimme, gimme, gimme. I am a victim. I am helpless. I am hopeless. And that's the, op- no Christian ever should fall into that spirit, I write about this over and over in my book where I say these are bald-faced lies from Satan because he is trying to drive you in the arms of people who want power and they get it from promising you things that only God can give you.
0: Exactly. I, I completely agree. I think that there is a, there is a battle. and we, I say this all the time. There's a battle over who, who will shape history. Absolutely. There's a battle. There's a battle over who will be the cultural architects of our time. Right. And what values will shape America. Well right now we're talking about America, but the globe right. really.
1: Right.
0: Right. And what will our children inherit? What will our children's children's world look like? Yeah. And you know, our forefathers did some great stuff. They also made some big mistakes. Um, and we've had to live with the, with those mistakes. We've also inherited so much great stuff. So much. And the question is, what will we leave our children's children? That's the question. question.
1: It won't be a question if we don't armor up and get ready to get in the battle. Exactly. Because that's what it is. And it's a spiritual battle. We are not coming against somebody who disagrees with us. No. Democrats, Republicans, Independence Green Party. Nobody is, these people are not our enemies yep. just because we disagree with them. We all have one common enemy. And if there's anything I could leave the audience with, it would just be until the body of Christ sees that we can all agree on certain biblical principles, yes. not only how we engage in politics, but what we engage on the country, don't look to the country to unite. yeah, Because unity starts in the body of Christ.
0: Yes, it does. And
1: until we get our act together, there's no hope for America.
0: Yeah. And I would add it, it, it begins in our families.
1: Yes. It begins absolutely. with the people that
0: we have, that we have close relationships exactly. with. Denise, that, that's an amazing, what an amazing interview. Okay. Let's talk about how do we get your book?
1: Well, it is on sale at Amazon, anywhere you can buy books. It comes out on November 14th. You can pre-sale it. It's pre-sale. I think and again, on
0: it's Baker. politics for people who hate politics.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've it's
0: not available yet.
1: It's not in a bookstore, but you can buy it online.
0: Got yeah. it. And then we'll also, we'll put your um, email address in our comment <laughs> Maybe not line.
1: my email address. Yes, not my <laughs> email address. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you. Yeah, get
0: getsome.com. That's my website. That's yeah, your website. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you for God having me. You. Thanks You're for all amazing. that you've taught me.
1: It's been incredible.
0: Thanks for being a good student and a great leader. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. I pray that God gives you wisdom and insight into this uh, really important subject. I pray that you get involved. I mean, at least uh, I think getting involved in school in the school system, getting involved on a school board these are these are the basics of how we actually get in. You Get in the fight. And I say in the fight, and I'm not talking about the fight with people. I'm talking about the fight for freedom, the fight for, for morality, the fight for a pure and, and holy government. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvallatin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.